come back to him next week because uh, Chris has reasons. You have reasons? Yes, yeah, so basically reasons. Yes. Uh, and that's the whole point guys. of saying reasons. It, un- unbelievable. Unbelievable. I know. I th- you know what? Sometimes you got to. Unbelievable. episode 35 of the unrenowned podcast the podcast where we talk about siege we like about siege what we don't like about siege i'm ryan i'm chris we're remote again for reasons uh yeah because i have to work soon we had a very short window and if i had to go to ryan's house and just reasons okay just reasons uh (laughs) i thought i i think people like to know the reasons you know what i mean no that's the whole point of saying reasons oh yeah okay so we're remote for reasons. Correct. Today, we are going to have a short podcast because, again, nothing's happening in Siege at the particular moment. But it'll still I, be a good and interesting podcast. We're just not going to waste your time. I want to make a prophecy right now. Something will happen on Tuesday that we are going to miss because we're recording on Sunday. And by the time the podcast comes out on Wednesday, the thing on Tuesday is going to be talked about and we're going to miss it. I would not bet against that. It's going I think to happen. you're right. I see it coming. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, for what we do know now, here's what we can do. We're going to go into the uh, community survey results from Windbastion that were just posted on the Reddit last week, uh, and then we'll do listener questions. So it's going to be real short and sweet, and definitely don't stop listening just because I said it's going to be short. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually a good. It's easier to listen to short, right? Exactly. Uh, okay, Chris, tell us about this Operation Wimbaston survey. Well, it looks pretty similar. So I have on my computer right now, I have the three last surveys pulled give up. Us, yeah, give us a little background on the surveys in case people don't know what's going on there. Okay, so basically every um, season, one of the moderators of the subreddit posts a survey for people on the subreddit to partake in. That's just your your thoughts of the season. So it asks, like, what's the strongest defender? What's the strongest attacker? What are your favorite maps? What are your least favorite maps? Who do you think is the weakest operator? Basically stuff like that. Um, and then after a few months, he posts the results of the survey. And then we get to look and see kind of what a fraction of the community thinks. So this isn't in any way like a actual like whole community belief on Siege. Because we have like maybe 1% of the community on Reddit, right? Right. Nor is it sponsored by Ubisoft. Nope. Not at all. So this is what Reddit thinks, which are mostly your PC gamers. Um, and most of your more critical people of the game. Actually, I'm kind of interested. What do you know? How many people are on the Rainbow Six sub or subscribed to it? I think like 570,000. Okay, so let's see, 570,000, and there are f- like 40 million, 45 million players. Yeah, 642,000 actually. So that is, <laughs> uh, that is 0.01 percent. Of the community is subscribed. To, wait, point oh one percent? No, 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 one percent. One percent. Yeah. One one point two percent of the community is subscribed to the subreddit, and then the survey had how many? Does it tell us how many people responded to it? Eight eight thousand. Eight thousand. So, let's do that. Oh gosh, this is this is a small. Okay, eighty eight thousand divided by forty five million. It's uh, and my calculator can't even give me the right number. One point seven nine e to the negative four, which is uh, I got this. Hold on, I got this. Hey Google, 
what percent is 8,070 of 45 million? Yep. <laughs> Can't even do it either. <laughs> good try. It's e to the negative 4, which I'm never good with that. I think that means it's point, like point zero 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 one. It's like, like four that. decimal places yeah, behind zero, the so I guess point, thing, right? Yeah. So I, th- I think it's 0.01% okay. is, uh, it responded, of the community responded to this. So take it with a huge, huge mountain of salt. Yes. This, basically, this means nothing, but it's interesting to look at. But it's so interesting, at it. yeah. Um, anyway, so to the actual survey itself, favorite attacker, which has changed over the last couple of surveys, from whoever's answering this, has is Habana right now. Habana's the top. Yep. Oh yeah, nine point three percent. And and the, but what interesting, what's interesting about this pie chart is that it's actually really well spaced out. Like there's a few tiny slivers, um, but they're like it's it's really well spread. Like it seems like people like a lot of the attackers. Yeah. Um. And then when you look at the strongest attacker, though, people do not think that is evenly spread out at all. No, I'm looking for Vigil on the favorites. I want to see where Vigil falls. Do you see him? Vigil. And again, is... this is this is through Grim Sky. Well, so he's, he's not going to be in the attacker one. He's probably going to be in the defender one. Oh, you're right. But this is through Grim Sky. <laughs> so this is before any of the updates we had with uh, the year four star and all of that. He's at 4.2% actually in favorite defenders. He's, oh, there you he's go. above Ella, almost above Mira. What in the yeah. world? Above Echo? And Kavera. So he's not doing too bad, but but he's small. He's above Tachanka, you kidding me? That's silly. Above Pulse? That is silly. All right, back to the attackers. So what were you saying about the strongest attackers? So if you look at, so you were saying if you look at the pie chart of like favorite attackers, it's kind of evenly mm-hmm. spread out. If you look at strongest mm-hmm. attackers, there's four that are prominent and everything else is just kind of little slivers. Hmm. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so the ones that everybody think is strongest is Ash, Blitz, Lion, and Maverick. Which, yeah, those are good attackers. I don't really uh, agree with the Lion one, though. Like, I think he's strong, but I don't think he's that strong. No, I mean, again, this is before his nerf, right? Um, right. Yeah, I, I think people overblow that. And, and we saw that in the results. And Ubisoft said the same thing, that, like, people, like, he doesn't actually win that much more than anybody else. In fact, his, I think his winner is actually pretty low. Yep. But uh, but it's just frustrating to play against him, and so people have that perception that he's OP, even though he doesn't necessarily make you win. Yeah, I think Blitz is a very strong attacker, even after his nerf. He's still agreed. The scary little thing to go against. Yeah, um, Glass should probably be higher on this. He's only a two percent rate him as one of the highest as the strongest attacker, and that I think is not correct. Yeah, I think in the hands of a good glass player, he's actually really strong. Also, Buck is super low on here, point eight percent. Appeal. Oh yeah, that's that's really. The problem low. is that this is the strongest attacker, right? So like this question, like of course, if you're gonna say who's the strongest, you're gonna pick okay, well, probably gonna be someone like Habana or Ash. People think is the strongest. So mm. if it, if it was like who are the strongest attackers, and you could pick yeah, like you, you three can only or four. choose one. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where it gets a little... Dice. If it was, like, rate the top five strongest or something, I think you'd get better results. Yep. But this way, like... Like, some... Yeah, yeah. Like, the most experienced players 
are on a different meta than like the least experienced players. And so they pick who their strongest is and that shines through. And, but then like whoever they would say would be the second or third strongest, maybe it doesn't come through. So yeah, I would like them to change this question. So the, it's funny, the person that makes the survey, the questions have been the same throughout pretty much all of them. What Mm -hmm. sucks is what he says. He says when Google docs, like Google form shows the results, he can't choose how it shows shows the results so he can't make it not be a pie chart and instead be a graph or something oh really yeah google doc, google forms just does it how it wants which sucks well because- he should uh, well <laughs> this is asking a lot but he should go through he should like uh make the results into better graphs himself and just put it in like excel yeah or or just give it to some i guess somebody else in the community could, i could do that really to be honest <laughs> well it does <laughs> the thing to. is it does give somebody you like a, a list of all it if someone knows how to use Excel, it gives you a list of all the results and everything in a nice like Excel format, basically. Does he provide it so you could download the results? I don't know. I don't know either, but he should. He should publish that because I'm sure somebody would go through and do it. Anyway, moving on. Uh, best attackers for new players. I think people have this right. They say Sledge, Thatcher, Ash, and Thermite. Yeah. That seems like a pretty good list of best attackers for new people. What about weakest attacker? They're saying Capitao IQ and Fuse, with Fuse being like the highest by far. Twenty seven percent think Fuse is the weakest attacker. What Do you agree with that? Um, I agree with it in like the higher levels of play. I think he's probably a lot weaker. Mm-hmm. Because he's I mean, you can hear him from forever away, like you know when it's coming. Right. Um, I, I still wouldn't say he's the weakest though, just because like, like obviously it's, it's, uh, he's slow and everything, but he has a pretty good gun in the AK. Right. And then like the cluster charge, even if you don't get kills with it, it still does a lot. Like it opens a lot of like little holes that people don't realize are there. It kills a lot of gadgets. It burns the ADSs. Like it's actually a really, really useful gadget, even if you don't get kills with it. And usually like in most cases, when you set off three near the objective, usually you'll at least get some damage, if not a kill. Yeah, that's true. And that, that's free damage, right? Yeah. As long as there's a place to like, set them up, right? Because if some objectives, like there is no roof to hit and there's no window. Right. And, and, but that's true of, most, a lot, of a lot of operators and different things, right? Like mirror yeah. is really strong until there's no good places to put a mirror window. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's overselling how weak Fuse is a little bit, but... I, I only have three hours played on Fuse. <laughs> That's crazy. I have he's my second played second most played. Are you serious? Yeah, remember we talked about this last week. Uh yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Nope. Uh three was it second? Was this, I don't remember for a second, but he's he's done one on top. Um okay. So that, uh worst attackers for new players. Monty. That's a good pick. Yeah. Maverick, I think that's good too. Ying and Dokabi. I think I think we are at least as a subreddit we are on to what is good and bad for new players. I think I agree with what they're saying. Yeah, it looks like uh, we pretty much agree over the last couple people. Worst attackers for new players. Habana was the number one picked back in Parabellum, mm-hmm. and she's still kind of high, seventeen point seven percent. But she looks like she's going down over the last couple of seasons of who we think is the worst attackers for new players. Because she was at 27, 24%, and then went down to 18%, and now it's down at 17%. Hmm. I wonder why that would be. Is it just that so. other attackers are, yeah, attackers are taking that spot now? 
Yeah, I, mean, I guess Maverick was introduced, and Maverick has gone up 19.1%. Now he's 22.4%. Yeah. yeah, I think he's really bad for new people. That It's just a good way to get yourself headshot. Yeah. Okay, let's move into defenders. Um, unless you have anything else to say on attackers. Nope. Okay, so your favorite defender. This is actually even better uh, distributed than the favorite attackers. It's almost like a perfect pie chart. Yeah. It looks um, really good. With the, the top ones being Legion coming out at 11.8%, uh, Doc and Jaeger around 7.5%. Yeah. So uh, that that sounds about right. And that's that's the same over the last three seasons as well. Legion at the top 11.4%, 11.2%. Valkyrie's actually up there on the other ones though too. Mm-hmm. The ones getting the fewest picks for favorites are guess who? Castle Clash and Tachanka. Which Tachanka surprising because of the memes, but freaking I don't like so many people underrate Castle. And we'll get into this more because we're gonna we're gonna get down to some other stats and Castle's brought up again, but Castle's good. Um, um go. So you were, we were talking about Vigil just a second ago? Back in Parabellum, he had 6.9% was favorite defender. Came in fourth place. Wow. That's crazy because I feel like I very rarely see Vigil and I just think he's so boring. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just I'm not good or something, which is probably true. (laughs) But gosh, I just cannot understand that. Yeah, I don't know. He has good guns. Well, that's the thing, right? Like a lot of these players, like people play Ash and Jaeger for their speed and their guns. And that's the same for Vigil. People like how often is it that you see Ash's gadget actually being used? That gets used? Yeah. Um, how often? Ashes? Yeah, Ash. I feel like she uses it all the time. Really? I feel like most Ash players are just they pick the gun and the speed. Yeah, maybe. And they like they use the gadget, but they're never like playing with the team. Like they, every once in a while, it's like Ash can be easy to do this, and like, oh yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um. Let's get into strongest defenders: Frost, Ella, and Smoke. That's not true. <laughs> no. <laughs> Those are like the least. <laughs> People say the strongest defender is Legion at twenty percent votes. Echo seventeen percent. Mira ten percent. Doc eight percent. Who's this little sliver that I can't look at? Captain, 0.4%. Oh, that's not right. I mean, he's not the strongest, but... Well, let's see the weakest. Because like, I think like looking at the bottom ranked tier isn't necessarily a good reflection of how people feel about like whether they're strong or weak, right? Yeah. Because they're picking who they think is the strongest. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, nothing interesting there, right? On strongest? No, that's, that's exactly... Wow. That's interesting. So Mira in uh, Parabellum, she took the strongest defender at 24.7%. And then Legion was next at... Nope, actually Vigil was next. But Legion came soon after 8.1%. And then that flipped in the next season. Mira 16.4, Legion 17.5, and then even bigger gap, 103 and 207 so Legion's gone way, way up, which is really interesting mm-hmm. because that's what we've been saying the whole time. Like, I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit here. But like, we've been saying this for a long time. Like, Legion is low-key OP and nobody realizes it. Yep. And, like, it looks like people have been coming around to, like, actually, yeah, Legion's really strong. <laughs> and this is this is after his his nerf, right? 
Well, no, this is no. Bef- well, no, this is when he got his the, was a while ago. The recoil nerf or whatever, or the was it recoil nerf or damage nerf? And he got one. Nerf? He got one to his gun, then he got the other one to his gadget. Yeah, I think the gadget came at the beginning of year four. I'm pretty sure. But okay, so this wouldn't have it. The, but this was with like the gun nerf, which I don't even remember. I don't remember what, what it exactly was, but was. But he's still climbing. Yeah, he's really good. And the thing is, like, I think it's fine. I don't think he's a problem. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah. Um, it's, I feel like, well, I mean, we've talked about this before. Like, it's something I could have prevented had I been paying more attention. Or remember, mm-hmm. like, there's a legion on the team, so there's probably going to be a guru on this corner. Around these stairs. Yeah. yeah. Um, another interesting thing is Doc being with among the top four or five, top five here of strongest defenders at 8.1%, but then Rook comes in at 4.1%, which seems strange. I think that Rook is actually better than Doc. Do you think so? Yeah, because Doc is so the, situational is with before, his gadget. Yeah, and this is before the, uh, the DBNO revived a 20 nerf. Yeah. Right. So, or I guess in Doc's case, that's kind of a buff for him. I think people undersell Rook. Like, Rook buffs the entire team 100% of the time. And yeah. Doc maybe saves somebody from death, you know, sometimes. And they, other than that, they're exactly the same. So, I, I think they are very much wrong on that. I think Rook is a much stronger defender than, than Doc. And it shows on the charts, too. I, I agree. Uh, but anyway, moving on. Let's go to weakest defender, and then we'll come back to new players. So, weakest defender. Wow. 57% say Tachanka is the weakest defender. And they're right. Yep. As much as we love him. Uh, and, and then here's where they're wrong. So, they say Clash at 9.6%. That's fine. Clash is really, really situational. And, like, she can be good. We've seen that. But, but then Castle at 17.3%. The second weakest defender. And I guess maybe that's the same thing as Clash. He's he's situational and he can be good, but like I I don't know. I've played Castle so much and like I feel like if you play him right in the right spots, he can be like better than anybody else that you could have picked in that situation. Yeah, I that's true. I, and that's why I when people say weakest, like why you choose Castle as the weakest? Right. Do I just love Castle too much or like I think you is, like him is, a little more than like he's good, but he's not the weakest. He's not at all even close to the weakest. Yeah, he's not. Like, I don't know. It. it <laughs> I think people just don't get it. They just don't get Castle. And again, I guess part of it is that he's only good if you also have a mute. So that maybe that's like a caveat. Like if you're solo queuing, trying to play Castle, you're not going to be happy. So. I'm kind of surprised too. Maybe we really do suck, and we we do. But why is Kaid not higher on the week chart? Yeah, I don't know. Um, like he's good at getting hatches, but right. I I have yet to come to a point where I'm like, oh crap, Kaid. I guess like I would. I would think that when I think weakest, Kaid doesn't really come to mind. Even though I think he's a weak attacker. Like I think there's a lot of people that come to mind before Kaid does, but I don't know. He's he's not good. That's so. 
Yeah, I I want I want this. Um, I think I'll suggest that as a thing for the new because he always asks for suggestions. It needs to not put weakest defender, but like defenders. You know, it needs to be plural. Yeah, because it's yeah. just not giving. It's not really showing who the weakest people are. It's just showing what everybody thinks the weakest person is, which is Tachanka every single time. Right. Which and also it's it's just a really hard format to read with the pie chart because like I'm looking at it a little harder and. In, Kaid's actually one of the top. He's only at 1%, but like after those top three, it's like Frost at 2%, Ella at almost 3%, Vigil at 2%. Like, so he's not far below some of these other. I guess picks that are everybody else top. is like in the point percentages. Right. It's, it's just hard to see it. But okay. So, um, best defenders for new players. Uh, people say that Rook is the best by far. Eighty-three people, eighty-three percent of people voted that Rook was one of the best defenders for new players. Yep, which is one hundred percent true. Yeah, and maybe maybe that's part of the perception of why Rook isn't one of the strongest attackers because maybe more new players play him. You know, and so like yeah. people just don't see like Rook doing as well as often. Could be. I don't know if that's it, but but I feel like a lot of new I, players I are wrong. I think new players don't play Rook. I think new players like to play the people like Pulse. Um, I think they like to play Cavera. Like they like to play those fun operators. Castle. A lot of new yeah, players pick Castle. True. A lot of new players do pick Castle. Valkyrie too. It's they pick yeah, Valkyrie. It's, I think they pick a lot of uh, Intel players because they don't they like they don't have that intuitive sense of like what's going on without being able to see it themselves. You know, so that's why you yeah. see the pulses and the Valkyries and stuff. And then they also pick a lot of like hunker down people. Like like Rook, I think is actually one of them. But then like Castle, it's like they just want to feel safe. Yeah, I think, so that I think if Echo was someone that all the new players just had as like a standard operator, I bet you he would be picked by new players all the time. Just because he has a really yeah. cool gadget. Mm-hmm. A drone that you can drive around and fly and stuff. And, and he's he's one of the worst for new players. Oh, which yeah. That's the next question. So so then the worst defenders for new players. Uh, at the top, we've got Mira at 37%. Kavera, 32%. Valkyrie, Castle... Tachanka and Echo round out the top clash also. Yes, they are all very bad for new players. Yeah, but yeah. All good there. I actually I don't think Kavera is that bad for new players. Like I don't think it's the best choice, but I think it's a lot better than some of these other ones who are up there just because like Kavera's a lot of the time just go out and die anyway. So it's kind of what you're yeah. expecting of a Kavera. So <laughs> right. like that's not that big of a deal. And then like the the upside is maybe they're gonna get an interrogation that like can help you win the round versus like with Mira, like there, there's very little upside to a bad pl- player playing Maya playing, playing Mira. Um, I was speaking of Kavera. I was solo queuing earlier and we were playing against these guys. They were all like level 300. Like it was ridiculous. I was like, oh, I don't care if I lose this one. Cause they're all like, they're way, way good. Have 2000 hours in the freaking game. Anyway, mm. they got an interrogation and it was on Villa and like, I just ran down to like a corner of the map, not the corner of the map, but like the corner of the building. And two mm. people came out like outside on the second floor and jumped down and tried to kill me. Both of them just killed themselves. Like they got <laughs> so excited about the ter- interrogation that they like jumped off the roof and both of them died without killing me. And I was That's like, awesome. wow, good job guys. Level 300 and you still jump after interrogations like that. Come on. Well, I mean, come on. I'm like, what was the score of the game? It was one zero. Oh, okay. maybe they were well, gonna win either way, but yeah, that's um, funny. Yeah, 
Okay, let's let's finish out the survey real quick so we can get to questions because uh, I know that you've got to go for reasons. Reasons, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, favorite maps, people like Oregon, Coastline. Those are kind of the top ones. Sounds about right. Actually, do we even need to go through the rest of this? The maps. Is there anything you want to say yeah, I, here? Yeah, I think it's the same as it always has been. I think what we can look at is the uh, what map released in um, Fortress. Fortress released. Okay, so least favorite maps to play on Fortress is at thirty two point four percent. So it is like fifth on Charter. Around like, like fifth or sixth, yeah. Um, which the only ones above it are who we famously know as Tower and Theme Park and Favela. <laughs> and the They're new Hereford. Yeah. And so, yacht. And yacht. So people don't like Fortress, or at least they didn't at the end of uh what was end of that operation. No. Yeah. Uh Win Bastion. So we will see how they're feeling on the next one, but Okay, let's move on to questions. Listener Q's. Um yeah, I actually didn't check the Twitter this week, but I will do that next week and catch up. So uh if you want to ask us questions, you can do that on Twitter at R6 Unrenowned. Uh, also, you can join our Discord server where we have a dedicated channel for podcast questions. That's where we get most of them. And we have an awesome community there who is always sending in questions and uh, chatting it up in the old Discord server. So it's a fun place to be. You can find that link to the Discord server in the show notes or on our Twitter account at our 600 round again. Um, and if you want to follow me, you can do that at VG Fiasco on YouTube and Twitch. And I'm the same as I always am on the both same <laughs> I am just, just hello, hello with three, with three O's, O's on the same platforms. That's what I was trying to say, and I couldn't. Yeah, reasons. Just hello, three O's on YouTube and Twitch. Okay, we got a question from Rush Seventeen. He says, "I just got a team kill ban. Two teammates decided to strafe in front of me two rounds in a row to steal my kill. I didn't even see the second guy. I guess I headshotted him before I recognized him." Um, he says, "Can you think of a way Ubi can keep players safe from bans like this? This is my first R6 ban of any kind. Kind of deflating that we were in a three-three tie." So yeah, the answer is forgiveness. Yeah, but and it's right? what they're working on right now, right? Like your that first team kill that you did would have given you the, so you would have ended up killing yourself there. Is what would have happened because the first person you right. killed, you would have had the sanction on yourself of no, wait, hold on, what would happen? Because mm-hmm. the person no, because the person has to say it was on purpose. No, the person oh, not has anymore. to forgive. They have to forgive. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's it's on purpose by default. So like you okay. you will get punished by default. But if that person, the first person you killed, would have said, "No, forgive that instance," then the second instance, I believe, you would not have. You, you wouldn't be in the sanction. So the second instance, you would have got a team kill just the same. And I don't know if on the second one, if they can forgive or choose not to forgive. I don't know how that works because we haven't been able to play it because freaking test servers garbage. But uh, yeah, so that's that's the answer. Well, I think he would have killed because. So say the first, the default thing is for it to apply the reverse friendly fire. So you kill the first mm-hmm. person, it will defaultly apply it to you unless that first person forgets it really fast. Yeah, and you know what, I'm, I'm speaking. Unless the first person forgives it really quickly and then well, you're going to no, kill yourself. This was two separate rounds. Oh, two separate rounds. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but but even so, it, like killing himself is a better problem than being banned from the match and matchmaking yeah for 27 minutes right um that's such a random penalty i know uh i wonder if that's like the average time a ranked game lasts or something could be 
I don't know. But anyway, um, so yeah, I think that's that's the best answer right now. It, it again, I'm interested to see how it actually affects purposeful team killers because if they can just keep killing team killing now and well, I guess they won't get banned, but they won't be able to team kill more than once. So I guess that's we'll see. Yeah, I I want to try it honestly. Like I want to learn more about it, but you can't. I can't even play it. It sucks. Yeah, and and it only works if you're actually in a casual match or whatever. I, th- I think like if yeah. you're actually in a match made match, so right. then like you have to be ruining other people's experience to try it. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> anyway, his, you know what? I has... think you can do it in the custom games because oh okay, the people that were testing it, it must be okay. So Rush Seventeen's second question is: Can we all agree Skyscraper needs to be removed from rank every time I play? It ruins my XP. Many opponents and teammates say the same about the map being stupid and not fun. You know what I'm gonna do? Every time I get skyscraper, I'm just gonna type in chat who else hates skyscraper and take screenshots. And then when I do That'd that ten times, I'm just gonna upload all those screenshots of all the people that yeah. say yeah. <laughs> put that put that in one like giant screenshot yep. on the subreddit. That'd be pretty funny, actually. I don't, I don't think skyscraper is that bad. I think it's one of the bottom of the ranked maps. Yeah, but um, I would be fine with it being out of the ranked rotation. Oh, I would too, but I wouldn't want it out of the casual rotation. Oh, I know. Like, I actually, I I don't hate that map, uh, but I also think that like theme park is a much worse map that is currently in the ranked rotation. And if it's going to be reworked, like they know it's a problem, why is it in there? Yeah, agreed. Theme park oh. and uh, what's the other one? Uh, Fortress, I I think is worse than skyscraper. I'll take skyscraper yeah. any day over Fortress. Yep. I mean, cafe and uh, I guess just cafe is being reworked. So really, technically, it shouldn't be in there if it's getting reworked until the rework is done. I think yeah. that's what's coming Tuesday. I think we're getting more announcements on cafe rework. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, that w- that would be the worst thing to happen. I would be so disappointed if we didn't get to talk about announcements on or like a further reveal of the cafe rework. Until next week. Yep. Next question. I'm not there. Yeah. I'm not there. <laughs> oh, you just want me to read them all? Yeah. Okay. Um, Mitch Long has a question. He has an operator idea. So he has a defender who's a one speed three armor. And the ability is they can send a mortar bomb to a specific region on the outside of a building once per game. Uh, and he says, basically, it's like the Predator missile from Call of Duty games where like the the very center would be lethal and then kind of the radius around it would just be damaged and you'd be like the farther you are from it, the less damage you take. Uh, countdown of seven seconds before it hits. Uh, so, okay. So if an attacker is in the radius, they would get a prompt on their screen saying a mortar is about to be dropped and on their position and they have a countdown of seven seconds to get out. Um, he thinks it'd be great for the last 30 seconds of a game where you're defending sites such as Chalet Garage or Consulate Garage where the attackers are always outside peeking in. Using this ability in the last 30 seconds will make the attackers either one, stay in that spot and die or force them to push the objective or close off that route and force them to push another way. Yeah, first when I read this, I was thinking like, no, that's overpowered. That's not Siege. Mm-hmm. We don't need to have that. But at the same time, like it seems like it's it's not like immediate, right? Seven seconds to get out is plenty of time to move. It's a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And also, if you're, it is it is it's one of those like, nope, this route's blocked now. You got to go another way. Like you sat yeah. there for way too long. It's your fault. It's time to move. 
And if it's only one time per game, that's an that's a another defender that like I don't think it's gonna do well for spawn killing, which is what I originally thought, because you put it down at seven seconds before it hits. But I think it will do really well for someone who's smart enough to stay alive as that defender, and at the very end of the round you can call it in on Chalet Garage those last thirty seconds, and it's like okay, well you're either gonna have to push blue or you're gonna have to go to the north side and push the back or big garage. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, yeah, I like I I I agree. Like I I think it on the first like my first reaction is like no, that's super OP. Um, but then like, I kind of like what he's talking about of like, oh yeah, you can like force people to like stop camping one spot outside. Yeah. Um, maybe if there's another way to do this, that's not like a predator missile, like same idea of like force them to do something else by like killing them if they're dumb enough to sit there the whole time. Yeah. Like, would it be better if you could somehow like call an overwatch or something or like maybe if, (laughs) even if there was like almost a capital bolt on, uh, defense. Like something similar. What if it was like something uh, like, listen, listen, like walk with me here on this. What what if it was something like a lion drone where like a defender could throw out a drone that would spot defenders who are out or attackers who are outside. Okay. So if you're still outside. Oh, wait. Mm -hmm. And, and, and maybe, yeah, yeah. So like if, if you are outside and maybe, maybe it can only work in the last, minute of a round or something like that okay you know like maybe it's sort of time limited uh, like i don't know exactly how you work but like i think number one you have to physically throw it outside uh like maybe even you can maybe it's a drone you drive outside like echo right like like a, a flying drone that you throw out a window and then you can get on it and drive it around uh and then you could use it at any time really so yeah I, my only problem is like the attacker's safety is outside, right? Like that's where they're mm-hmm. safe and where the defenders aren't safe. And right. so, so it would only work for like the last minute because that would suck if like that defender got killed pretty quick. Then like that's a useless right. defender, completely mm-hmm. useless. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Doc, like yeah, he's useless if he dies right away, but he still at least has a chance for like the first two minutes of the round to do something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like this I idea, know. but yeah, I think it'd be interesting like to be able to force defenders to like do something. Move. Yep. Mm-hmm. Our attackers. Attackers. Yeah, yeah. I I like this idea. I just think the predator missile type thing isn't the way to do it. I think that's too Call of Duty. Yeah, like yeah, it, like nobody else is calling an air support type of stuff. You know, that's like yeah. that's really, that's really getting out there with like OP territory. Yeah. Some I like the idea though of what it accomplishes. Okay, next question is from simply actually before I go on, Clapbomb STVI asked if we'd heard about the game Ready or Not. Have you heard about this? No, but I went and looked it up. Um Oh, okay. Oh yeah, I was gonna look it up because it sounded interesting, but I didn't have time, so I was gonna postpone it to next week. But tell me about it. It looks basically like Siege, like exactly like Siege. I think the only problem is as I was watching them like move and like walk through the thing it look it looks like it's still kind of earlier in development mm-hmm. from what i could tell um but it looks kind of like PUBG, where like the moving and like the gun mechanics are like kind of iffy and not like very well polished i guess yeah and so the, i think the only way what i think is good about it is it doesn't look like there's like operators that you choose it's really just you choose like a loadout which i think can be 
good kind of because you don't have to worry about like picking different operators and so that will attract more people than siege's operator system but uh it doesn't look like it's nearly as polished as i mean siege has been out for four years now but sure i still don't who's think developing it is this some indie game um i don't know who's developing it hmm. but hey cool like i'm all for more games in this vein like it, there's definitely a market yeah. for it right with siege yeah. having sold 45 million <laughs> Yeah, Void Interactive. Okay, I don't know them, so yeah. Um, but I mean, it, yeah, it looks it looks like Siege. Honestly, it looks almost exactly like Siege. So it does yeah, have gonna, like a co op for sure. It has like a co op type thing too, which is really cool because it's kind of a co op shooter. Mm. So that'll be way sweet. But actually, speaking of that, we were talking about getting into more tactical shooters. We actually played the Ghost Recon Wildlands free weekend this week. Yeah, that was fun. What did you think about that? I thought it was fun. I got in trouble for doing a lot of stuff I didn't mean to do. <laughs> so I kind of stopped having Taylor fun. was getting frustrated. Yeah. But it was, we were, it we was a fun to, game. So like a little backstory on it. Like we had played it on the beta or something. I think a beta. And like, it, like we had a hard time having fun with it. Like we, we kept trying to have fun with it, but it was just like the most fun we had is when we were like goofing around driving cars and like pushing each other on the road versus like all the missions were not that fun. Yeah. And like, Part of it, I think, was because we weren't playing on a hard enough difficulty, so it was too easy just to not take seriously. Um, uh, but like the game, it, at least back then, it struggled to like f- it to actually make like realize the tactical uh, vision that they were trying to sell. And so it's like, no, it's way easier just to like run in and start shooting everybody and then just finish the mission. Um, so we we were like trying to take a measured approach this time, and you weren't there the first time we played it, but we were trying no. to take a measured approach this time. And so Taylor was getting frustrated every time that that broke down, which seemed to happen more often than we hoped. But I think if we were to play harder missions on it, like we were only in the very intro segments, I think if we yeah. went to harder missions, it would force us into that play, and it would be really fun. Yeah, it was fun. Like the whole um, co-op, like I, I like that idea, like co-op and shooting all these bad guys that are in this base that you have to go attack like it's fun yeah and uh it's definitely come a long way since we played it before it's it's way way better than it used to be yeah but uh simply crawl asked joined just to ask questions uh started listening and i like your content thank you do you think cav should get the sam fisher outfit for her elite skin so sam fisher's a splinter cell guy should cav yeah. have a sam fisher elite skin i'd be down with that i think it'd be way sweet I I totally would be down for like some sort of a uh, Splinter Cell um nod. And there is actually a Splinter Cell weapon skin that you get I think if you've played a Splinter Cell game on you play or something. Um but I would actually give it to Vigil I think rather than Kavera. I think Vigil is a lot more similar to Sam Fisher. Yeah. Just cuz like in the, that, like he has like the like high-tech gadget, right. you know. Um, that stops him from like, being seen by cameras, which is like huge in that game. Right, right, and he has like a, a sort of a similar look with like the all black and like the mask and everything. Yeah. So I yeah, but I like no, Splinter Cell's way cool. I want to get actually. I need to play a Splinter Cell game again. I haven't played one of those in so long. Splinter Cell's good. Yeah, Splinter Cell's fun. Next um, question. Okay, I'm trying to remember. I had a thought about this one. Let's see. Um, Shedlock asks, this might be kind of boring, but what if we had another operator that was a demolitions and explosive expert? 
The operator wouldn't necessarily have any new gadget, but they could have three frags, two claymores, and four breach charges. That's a lot of stuff. That is a lot of stuff. I don't think he's saying all at once. I think he's saying... Is well, he saying all at he once? He says and. That's okay. If it's all if it's all at once, that's way too much. <laughs> I thought he was saying like if he chooses breach charges, he gets an extra or something. Yeah. Um. So okay, way too much if it's all at once. I think. If they are separate, I, then I think it's a little bit underwhelming because it's like okay, when's the last time you actually used all three breach charges? And we're thinking, I wish I had a fourth. Yeah. You know, with frags, then, it would be real nice though. Having frags three frags, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think frags would be OP. Like, yeah, people way too much. already like they're trying to manage how many operators have frag grenades on offense. You know, um, claymores I think will be actually fine. Two claymores is whatever. Yeah, two claymores would be nice actually because there's so many times where I'm like, wait, I want to claymore here, but I also want one here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, but use like either way, claymore. I think it's a little bit overwhelming as like a primary gadget. But I was thinking, like, it made me think, what if, what if somebody had a little more control over like breach charges and stuff for like as part of their gadgets. So like right now you can only plant one breach charge at a time and detonate one at a time. Like what if somebody could plant three breach charges and like detonate them all at once or something? You That'd know, be like, sweet. That would be so cool. Like if like especially if you're like the last guy alive and you can sort of like you know do a shock and awe campaign by yourself. Yeah. Um you could call him Jericho. Because of the the Battle of Jericho, where like like hundred people surrounded the city and they all lit torches and it looked like there was thousands of people. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, like something like that would be really really cool. If somebody had just more control over that kind of stuff, or like, or or some some unique gadget where it was kind of like that, where you could have like multiple things happening at once and like introduce a little more chaos into your attack. Yeah, it it could work kind of like a Habana. Um, pellets thing where they have like mm-hmm. some sort of gadget and you like attach it and then you can either press the button to detonate it or place more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be sweet. What? It should be like directional charge. That's what someone's gadget should be a directional charge. And it, like it can have like more power hitting a wall and it would like do more damage going behind the wall. Like a breeze charge? Yeah, but like even bigger. I don't understand what the difference is. It's well, just because, a breach charge that's bigger. Well, yeah, and you can do them at the same time. Okay. Is that too OP though? If you can like send an explosion through the room? I mean, not through the room, but just a little further than the breach charge. Yeah. I, you know what? Maybe they're planning on that. And that's why they limited the breach charge's current like lethal range and stuff. Because they want the next gadget they're working on to be actually good instead of just like, oh, it's just a breach charge. You know what I mean? Possible. Unlikely. <laughs> Very unlikely, I think. Yeah. Um, let's see. Okay. Uh, at Dionysus18 said, Hey guys, love the show down here in Australia. Thank you. I had a quick thought about a Chonka buff. He could, if he could still use his gadget as usual, but what if he could also use it remotely? So Echo meets Tachanka, but he can also still hop on. Yeah. I think this has been um uh what's that called? Suggested. Yeah, suggested before. Yeah, proposed, recommended. Um we've seen tons of different Tachanka rework ideas. They need to try one. 
Honestly. Yeah, they need to try something, right? They just need to try one. Like, I'm fine with it being this. I'm fine with it being, like, he can move his gun or, like, mount it somewhere instead. Like, mount it on something. I don't care what they do, but they just got to try something. Oh, how cool would it be if you could lay down with that thing? Like, it has the shield, and you can lay down, so it protects kind of your whole body. Okay, wait, so you're saying you can lie down holding the mounted turret? Yeah, so then like, what if it's not a mounted turret, but, like, a mounted kind of, like, gun? Like, like a tripod. Like a tripod, yeah. Or bipod. Like, yeah, yeah, people have said that many times before, too. And yeah. I, I think that's not a terrible idea if you can carry it around like an LMG, but then he just has like a bipod. Yeah. Because um, that, like would, maybe that would allow you to like... Activate if you, if you put it down as a bipod thing. Yeah. So that would allow you to like put it down and like shoot and then like when that's compromised, you can move back and go to a, your next spot. Mm-hmm. Like you could play... That be- would that be way too OP for spawn peeking? Ooh, didn't even think about spawn peeking. They could just if you could, they can make it so that you can only shoot it if it's on a bipod and that you can't put it down on multiple windows. But it seems like if you can't put the bipod down on mm-hmm. windows, then like, what's the point yeah, of the bipod? That's a point. Uh, I don't maybe, know how they would do that. Oh yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess they could do it. We're just like exterior windows are no goes. But then it's yeah. like, well, that's most of the windows in the game. <laughs> I but I don't think you should be able to put on exterior windows at all. Yeah, because the only reason you would is really for spawn, spawn peeking. peeking. That would be like, yeah, we don't want that. Super OP, super super OP. <laughs> but it'd be fun if you. What you shotgun. could do, what you could do is like you can't put it down on the window. You know how like you can't put things down, like you can't throw things outside until the round starts. So uh-huh. it's like a five second deployment time, and the window has to be completely broken for him to put it down. So for five seconds, he's like vulnerable trying to put this gun down on this open window that might be mm-hmm. enough i think it's just no good yeah i don't like it though okay um jukas asked what's the most satisfying achievement you guys have earned in any game i'm assuming he's talking about like actual achievements slash trophies yes. because we talked about that last week yes uh what's yours I I thought about this. I honestly, I think my biggest achievement in gaming would have been beating Pogo Stuck, which I didn't do. <laughs> but I don't really think I have like my. When people ask like, "What's your most memorable siege moment?" or stuff like that, like I can't really think of one. I never can. So they're not that memorable, I guess. No. Um, I'm actually looking through my achievement list on True Achievements right now. So somewhere like the hardest ones that I did that were like, I'm like really proud of. Uh, there's one explosion man called best of the best, which is for completing all single player levels in hardcore mode, which is really hard. Is that the one where um, it resets the level if you die? Yeah. And like you die really easy. So like one shot from any of the turrets will kill you instead of like, you kind of have like a little bit of leeway and then, yeah, you start at the beginning of the level if you die. Uh, so that's really hard. Uh, oh gosh, Void Star and Dishonored. You have to complete all the challenges with a three star rating, and that game is so unfair in the challenges. Like, I don't, I don't like want to get into it, but like, I just remember doing some of those challenges over and over, and just like the randomness would kill you, and like it was just like it wouldn't credit it right all the time, and it was just super super unfair. And then another one, I don't remember what the achievement is called, but in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, there is an achievement for getting all of the multiplayer bonuses in one game. So like, I don't remember if it's all of them. I think it's all of them. 
Um, and I, that is super hard one because I played it like way after the game was relevant. And so it was hard to get multiplayer matches in general. So that was like an annoying frustration of it. But like yeah. the hardest part was that like, you have to get kills in certain ways to get the bonuses. So like ones like you have to shoot somebody while they're in the air, you just shoot them with like the pistol thing. And the other ones like, uh, you have to get like a, a hide in the hay and, and pop out and kills, kill your target or whatever. And so like that multiplayer is like really, really fun, but trying to get all those achievements in one game is like stupid and just like so frustrating because all of it depends on like what other people are doing. Yeah. So like you have to, you have to have the right target. You have to like, follow them around without being seen and wait until they do the thing that you need them to do. And then there's other stuff. It's like, do something while you are being chased. It's like, I, so like I have to like trigger somebody to chase me and then go kill this person in a specific way. Like, are you kidding? And I have to do that in addition to every other challenge. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. it's like, they didn't even think about it when they made that, that thing. But like, I, like I was, I was getting to the point where I had unlocked all the other challenges I was, or achievements I was going for. And so I was ready to like, just go boost it in a private match. And then I got it like legit in, in a match. And I was like, so pumped. I was like, I can't believe I actually recorded it and have it on YouTube. But I was like, man, I was so pumped. And then I remember like 10 games later or something I got, I actually did it again. And I was like, I can't believe that. It's so stupid. (laughs) 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 So mad. (laughs) But yeah, that's, that was definitely one of my like, like, yeah, I'm good at games (laughs) moments. (laughs) I honestly, if I were to ever beat Pogo stuck, that would be by far my number one accomplishment in life. Probably. That game is stupid. I can't believe you play that game. It's the dumbest game. I will never... I haven't played it since, like, probably at least a month. Good. I hate that game. I hate it. I've, uninst- I've uninstalled that, like, three or four times on my laptop. <laughs> you don't install it again. Solution. Well, yeah, I know, but... Okay, that seems like a good place to stop. We we left a few questions on the table. We'll come back to them next week, because uh, Chris has reasons. You have reasons? Yeah, so basically reasons. He has to go to work. Uh... Thanks Man, for listening, the whole guys. Point of saying reasons. It, un- I know. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I know. You know what? Sometimes you got to give the reasons. Unbelievable. Thanks for listening. We'll have a new episode for you next Wednesday. See you then. Just goodbye.